Good morning. It's Sunday the 27th of September and United Nations World Tourism Day. Since 1980, the United Nations have been celebrating World Tourism Day. The purpose of today is to raise awareness on the role of tourism within the international community and to demonstrate how to affect social, cultural, political and economic values worldwide. It is a great pleasure to uh, in, well, introduce my sort of new friend and fellow Joe Bergian, uh, Mr. Charlie Moyo, who is the chief storyteller for Joburg Places, which has a variety of things that it does, which I love. They've got underground bars in um, old banks where you can still walk into the safes and safety deposit boxes. They've got old banking malls with lovely food and books and artwares. They've got entertainment venues in the city. Just love their work. So welcome, Charlie. And I just really wanted to start with kind of a a general thing about Joburg. I mean, you're a Johannesburg historian. And the one thing about Joburg is it's very clearly a migrant city. So it's a city full of migrants. Now, what for you is the most significant thing about bringing people to the city and explaining to them the migrant history of the city of Joburg? Well, I mean, I think Joburg has um, Joburg has a unique opportunity to present itself itself as the world class city in terms of its migrant culture, in terms of its diversity. I don't think any city later on in the world, but in Africa, can claim they have at least about 50 different foods from the entire continent, which, is a, which has 54 countries. So that in itself is something really special about Joburg. We have foods from the rest of the world as well. But can you imagine walking around the city, tasting each and every little bit of that food? So to me, that is very special, and I think it should be actually presented as a world-class city. It should be celebrated. Our diversity should be celebrated. So, and I yes. think, and, and I think that the interesting thing is the thing that that Joburg should be celebrated for, which is its its migrant nature and the massive diversity, the ability to develop huge levels of cultural competence by yes. engaging with many many different cultures, has actually partly been our undoing. And your business really struggled during that time because. In fact, our diversity became a source of conflict where there was massive xenophobia within our country. So how does tourism contribute to the reduction of xenophobia? Well, uh, look, I think we we really have to speak about it. We really have to, um, you know, be at the forefront as people in the tourism, you know, industry and say, you are killing our country. You're not only killing our country, you're killing the entire continent just by being xenophobic. There is enough for everyone. This, this whole xenophobic, um, what do you call it, whatever it is, it started by people just to benefit themselves. They are out to divide us as a people. But if we are at the forefront of the tourism, we need to speak about it and we need to say, listen, you are killing the economy. There is so much uh, unemployment of which, if I think about it, the tourism industry can actually contribute so much to the employment itself. Everywhere you go, be it uh, in the townships, there is a story to tell about the people in the townships. We can bring tourists there. The locals can actually benefit from the tourists coming in and learning the cultures and learning the diversity of the people in that area. 
So every little area that is out there is special. It has its own story. We need to preserve it. We need to love the people that are in it. And we need to tell the stories, not to divide people with their stories. Okay. So, Charlie, I think a lot of it has also to do with the fear of the unknown. So many people, I grew up in Hill, not in Hillbrow, but <coughs> visiting Hillbrow, jawling in Hillbrow, going to the clubs that Luke went to and will mention. And what I learned is at that time, Hillbrow and the surrounding areas were Eurocentric. And now we've moved. Hillbrow is a, a transient place and it's now become very Afrocentric. And because people haven't been there for a very long time and seeing it being so different, they have a great fear. And yet when I returned and the very first tour I did was from Ponty, my eyes were really, really opened and I learned mm -hmm. so much. So I think for the listeners, we've just got to tell them that there really isn't anything to fear. All that there is to do is to gain great experiences we've spoken about the great food that you can have yes. and also to learn also i want to add to that is you know what um like you said Joburg has always been a migrant city so the culture remains the same just the people change you have to accept the new people that have come along if you think from the stages from when gold was discovered how many migrants have changed from hillbro barrier all the way to the suburbs the migrants come in, they start out small, they have no nothing, they have no prospects. They start out with these small corner shops, they grow, they actually bring employment, if you think about it. They contribute to the economy somehow. So we really need to encourage migration in this city than to, you know, frown upon it. So that's my take. Having, having done some research, tourism is one of the world's most important economic sectors. Mm -hmm. It employs one in every 10 people on earth and provides livelihoods to hundreds of millions more. For some countries, it, it can represent over 20% of their GDP. So I think that is so important in terms of contributing to the economy. There's some great tours that, that you do. I've, mm -hmm. been, I've been fortunate enough to do some wonderful tours that Luke has done. What do you find people ask you the most on your tours and are most surprised about? Well, uh, first they asked, um, is it safe? <laughs> so that, 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 I think that's everybody's first question. Yeah. Will, I, will, will I survive, I survive this? You know, so that is the, the major concern. It's safety. And I have to be honest with you. I mean, Jobek has its problems. I don't want to lie to you. It also has crime. Yes, there is crime. It's a big city. There's quite a lot of people. There's, I mean, this city receives at least about 3,000 migrants every month, officially. That number unofficially borders between eight and 10,000. So there's always a lot of people coming to this city. And with that comes crime here and there. But Jobek is so much bigger than crime. There's so much to see. You know, It's not like it's a war zone like people expect it to be. And our only problem is that um, actually our own people, our locals, the people that have been here, you know, are the ones that are saying to those guests and the tourists and the international guests that please don't go to Jobbeck, mm -hmm. stay here in Santin, you are safe here. They are missing out on the greater Johannesburg, on the real um, history. You know, there is so much more out there to learn, there's so much stories to tell. And um, what they are surprised by, actually, is the love of the people of Johannesburg. Mm. You know, you go to Johannesburg, people greet you with a smile. They don't even know your name. Not many cities do that. I remember sometime uh, about two years ago, 
Gerald and I did a tour for these international guests in the morning. We actually hopped on the rear fire buses. Not, not, not a rear fire bus, actually, on a uh, how train, rather, at 6 a.m. in the morning all the way to Pretoria. 6 a.m., that means people are going to work. Mm. And we were in the, in, um, in the train, and all the people that came in, they were chatting to each other. It was very noisy at 6 o'clock in the morning. And one of the guests asked me, what are they so excited about? What are they so happy about? Where are they going? I said, they're going to work. And they said to me, but what? What, what is there to be excited about when you're going to work at 6 o'clock in the morning? Because they're so not used to that. Mm. You know? I All think that's they, lovely, that people that is, are so happy to exactly. go to work. No, people in South Africa, people would rather be happy than said, mm. you know, no matter their circumstances. You can go to Alexandria, people will be happy for you. Mm. But there's a lot of poorest of the poor there. Mm. But they have the smile in their faces. They understand their circumstances. And they have hope that they will come out of it. So for that... People don't get to see around the world. That's what they come here for, for the love of the people. Mm. So that's what I get. I get mostly. <laughs> and I, I love that you say that because I mean, I, I absolutely anyone who knows me knows I adore the city. I mean, mm-hmm. sort of my whole kind of life. Don't I know it. <laughs> my, my whole life is kind of narrated via the clubs and the restaurants and the pancake bars and you know, kind of. It sort of holds my my entire history, which is a lot of my identity. And the thing that makes me sad is the the fact that you know previously uh, you know people were excluded from certain, for example, the Rand Club. People were excluded from certain spaces based on race, ethnicity, gender. I mean, women weren't allowed at the Rand Club. And now what seems to have happened is people have excluded themselves from the old, the old city, based very much on prejudice. Of course. It's it's the idea that if you come here, the city's old, the city's dirty, the city's dangerous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the fact that there's not people inhabiting it allows for those elements to be there. Because if we are there and we inhabit the streets as a critical mm-hmm, mass, mm-hmm. those things will cease to exist. Because we own the streets rather than the, um, the criminal element or of the course, element that doesn't course. want to clean. So, you know, for me, what you are doing is... By putting people's feet back on the street and being able to see Joburg through a different lens, you are changing perceptions. And those perceptions then introduce social cohesion. So how do you see tourism as contributing to the fact that we see ourselves across the world, because you do lots of international tours, as one people sharing in a heritage? Well, first I just want to say, you know... um, the thing is, Jobig, from day one, you know, the problem with, with it is, is uh, the politics mm-hmm. that comes into it. What I love about um, people of Jobig is that they are um, very rebellious. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't really respond well to <laughs> rules, mm-hmm. you know. So that in itself gives me so much hope. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, um, I mean, from apartheid to the current government, they've always preached, you know, they, they've always sold the American dream, which really affects Johannesburg in a big way because, I mean, all the young people that are out there trying to make it, you know, their goal is to actually live in the, in the suburbs mm-hmm. and have, you know, a house with, um, you know, two motor cars and a very high wall, which was supposed to be a picket fence. So that goal, that dream was sold to everyone. It was first by the apartheid government. It was sold to certain individuals, saying, "This is where you're safe. You will separate you from these people." 
now what you have is the democratic government came into power and they said this dream is for everyone you know it's a wrong dream because we all can't live in the suburbs mm -hmm. you know so we need to draw our people back to town and say listen this is a beautiful dream as well you can live a beautiful life you can have a beautiful penthouse apartment in town and you can still interact with the people and you can still be in the streets you know the only problem with town is that first of all that city was designed for cars yeah. so we really need to redesign town you know slowly and surely we really need to start getting our people to work on the uh, public spaces you know, because once we have um, cleaner public spaces, we have trees, we have, you know, cycling lanes, and let's just close some of these roads and pedestrianize them. We don't have the money, but there are people with the money out there. You know, there is a government that is supposed to be taking care of that. People will start reinvesting in our city. They'll start loving it more, and they will start respecting it more, and they'll start, you know, exploring and experiencing all this diversity that we have. So um, I think we really need to start and turn the young ones and say the American dream is not sustainable. Let's build the South African dream. Mm. Okay. Charlie, you live in the city, in, and and your apartment was not an apartment. It it it's it been was not, yes. no. So tell us a little bit about that because it's very interesting. Mm. I'm coming for tea, by the way, so that oh, I can yeah, so that I can I can yes. see exactly what you you such a storyteller. So I feel like I've already visited you, you but have uh, to, for but our I listeners, can promise you, I'm, I make I, I don't make really my uh, good tea, but oh, I, I will. I'll teach it. you. <laughs> I will organize a very good whiskey. <laughs> oh, okay. Then Luke is there too. You see, if you promise whiskey, then Luke course, is there too. <laughs> so um, the thing about my apartment, the reason why I love it so much is I'm, I'm a storyteller, mm. you know, and where there's a story, I want to know more about it. So it so happens that my apartment originally was the head offices of, the, um, uh, of Barclays Bank. Okay. And Barclays Bank was actually was one of the last companies that left this country you know because of sanctions but before they left they refused to leave and they said we're not going anywhere we believe change was coming to south africa soon and so we'll rather wait for change and unfortunately for them the nc launched a protest campaign which then thousands and thousands of people were seen marching through around the world and they had no choice they had to live within about a fortnight and so when they left they sold to fnb but my apartment my building was never used so my building was actually um it was fixed or it was repurposed by uh, brian green who developed 44 stanley and victoria yards turning it into apartments upstairs and restaurants downstairs my apartment in particular originally was the main boardroom mm -hmm. of Parkless Bank. Mm -hmm. Wood panels, everything, you know, very English. <laughs> That's not <laughs> what I love about it. But what I love about it is that, can I imagine that obviously they would have made that decision to leave mm -hmm. the country mm -hmm. in where I live today. So for me, that is fascinating, you know. Oh. It yes. sounds it sounds absolutely beautiful. So I'm going to take you up on that offer. No, Speaking of Victoria Yards and 44 Stanley, mm -hmm. 
people in Joburg, people who live in the Burbs, really need to to visit, as Luke says, from the Burbs to the Brow. Not necessarily yeah. Hillbrow, because it expands way beyond it that. It expands way beyond So I think I'm going to ask both you, Charlie, and because, you know, you, Luke, because you are probably one of the most passionate Josie people I know. Mm-hmm. Where would you tell people or invite people to come and visit in Joburg? Without a doubt, people have to experience the migrant culture. And so where I take them is the Ethiopian quarter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are so much hidden gems in that space alone. You can discover a new restaurant, restaurant almost every day. Mm-hmm. There are hidden corners. There is like uh, Ethiopian artifacts, you know. It will feel like you've just took a flight all the way to Ethiopia in Johannesburg. You know, so that is really special. We can actually present that to people. They don't have to take a flight. I often tell people, if you don't have time and you want to visit the entire continent, you don't have to worry about it because all you have to do is just come to Joburg and we'll show you that continent. We'll show you that country that you want to visit right here in our, in our city. The Ethiopian, Ethiopian quarter, quarter is phenomenal. Yes. I know Ishvara mm. took us there on his fabric tour, mm. and we had we spoke earlier about food, the most delicious lunch. Right. So I agree. The Ethiopian quarter, it's got to be on people's to-do list. Yeah. Luke, your, your for, space? For me, I love the fashion capital. So the the center of sort of fashion in the city, which mm-hmm. is just down from uh, Little Addis or Little Ethiopia, mm-hmm. is just an incredible place because if you, I mean, all of my clothes, right from my wedding, my wedding suit, 14 years ago right through to things i wear today the fabric is bought there the designers uh, the designers come from there and it's like it's the fashion hub of the city and you can get men's clothing in the small street mall where i used to shop at moolers you know it it was the only place that had docks in those days it's still very similar it has this most incredible city kind of fashion culture especially for men that you've got to be a little bit daring to sort of like pull off some of the clothes that are sold there but it's just such it's just so alive and it's it's like the it literally is the fashion capital of the city, and it's not neatly cleaned up and gentrified in that. It's a proper city. And just to add to that, look, I mean, what I love about the fashion, this fashion capital is that its history mm-hmm. dates back through the gold rush. You know, the Absolutely. Jewish people occupied the area. After the Jewish people, the Portuguese people were there. After the Portuguese, you have the Ethiopians. And Absolutely. so on and so on. And now I start to see there is a little bit of Pakistan is also mm. coming into the place. You know, it's that it's what I said before. The culture remains the same. It's the migrants that change. Yeah, but That's they still true. do the same thing. They still conduct the same businesses. Well, Charlie, you and I could talk forever as as, as as we do. But I just want to thank you and I want to encourage everybody to visit your website, Facebook page, etc. Because I think if you want to start anywhere in the city to have an, an experience of the city, it's migrant cuisine, the tours, the old city, um, the, the fashion capital, etc. I think you are really the place to start. You are an extraordinary storyteller. You have that building uh, at the old um, Union Bank is just the most beautiful space with tiles from 1906 on it. And people must just come and inhabit the city again mm-hmm. because once we once we remove the fear and the prejudice of what the city is and we introduce people to the city like you do, we will fill those streets with people. And when the streets are filled with people, we'll have a, we'll have a city that people want to live and inhabit. So thank you for everything you do and thank you for your time here today.
Well, thank you for having me. Charlie, it's been amazing. I can't wait to come and do one of your tours and to taste the food. We're doing something quite fun on Facebook. Um, We are sharing some photographs of the most beautiful places in Josie. All Uh of the credits of the photographs go to Luke. And we're going to have some fun and we're going to say, where in Josie are we? So we encourage everyone to go to our Facebook page. Firstly, you can get Charlie's details. um, You can get links to his Facebook page. You can book a tour with Joburg Places, which we really encourage you to do. And you can see Josie through the eyes of Luke and some of his favorite, favorite places. So guess where in Josie are we? After a few days, we will give you the answers. And thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thanks, Charlie. Right, so as we finish our discussion on tourism, we would like to encourage you to please interact with us at our Facebook page, at Society Superheroes, and we are very proud to announce that we are going to be honouring teachers on International Teachers Day on October the 5th. My wife herself is a teacher and is deserving of honour, but we'll be discussing International Teachers Day with Pierre Myberg from Relima. We look forward to engaging with you and to chat then.